0: Hi, everyone. We're back here at the American Film Market, and uh, we're joined now in this continuing segment of uh, what we call the, the big guns at, here at AFM uh, is Mr. Paul Hansen. Paul Hansen is the founder and chief executive officer of Covert Media, which is a new independent feature production, financing, and distribution company. Hi, Paul. Welcome to our broadcast today. Thanks. Good to be here. Yeah. So, Paul, uh, Looking at Covert Media, you've, you've made some amazing films, very popular films that have come out in, uh, for, for quite a number of years. What, what, is, uh, what would you say is sort of the mission and focus of your company in terms of looking at what films you're making?
1: Uh, Well, I think it it ultimately boils down to a combination of making something that balances the commercial with, I guess, a little bit of creative adventure that uh, is beyond, I think, the risk profile of what the studios would do. Um, And so we we try and think about it as we want to make something that our investors and the talent we make our movies with can do well financially with us but we want to make something that we're going to be proud of creatively and frankly is uh, something that probably involves taking a creative risk that some of the bigger traditional players in our space aren't willing to do. Name
0: a few of the films that people would know <laughs> that have come out over the past <laughs>
1: several years, so people know what you know what you've. Uh, sure. So. Out.
0: Oh, just a few. Yeah. Just, uh, a, few. <laughs> just a few.
1: So sure. Um, and, and, and to be clear, m- this new company that we call Covert Media is only about a year old, but it's okay. sort of the. I guess I would say it's sort of the second, the, the 2.0 version, if you will, of a company that I co-founded in two thousand and five, which was called QED. Um, and so, just to, I'll pick a couple from, you know, that sort of stretch of time that I, I think embody <laughs> or, or, rep, or represent what what I just described. Yeah. Um, the, the first and foremost, I think, is a movie called District Nine that Peter Jackson produced and Neil Blomkamp dra- directed. It. it was film. his uh, first feature. And that's a movie that, from a creative standpoint, and obviously it's easy to point to that in retrospect because it was a huge success and uh, it bro- on a lot and of it levels. And it broke
0: new ground in terms of cinema, uh, the way it was done.
1: I, I think so. I yeah. mean, we're really proud of it in a lot of ways. Um, it was a big risk for us financially to commit to make that movie. Um, and it was one that I think for a lot of people was not an obvious... Film to support um, for us, it was a big bet, knowing that we had Peter Jackson involved, who's you know just amazing and was uh, a great partner throughout and believing in Neil as a filmmaker and the material and just the novelty of the concept. But you know, I think in the traditional studio model, they would bristle at that because there was you know subject matter that. Was not an obvious commercial sell. Making a movie, you know, in South Africa without a single recognizable face, with aliens that were kind of integrated into society and had this kind of subtle at times, but sometimes not so subtle uh, social message within it. Right. Um, so we, you know, there, there were definitely distributors and people in the marketplace who just did not get it. But at the same time, we uh, quickly found a lot of partners who were like, okay we we get it too and you know we went along for the ride and and sony who was our u.s distributor and had some international territories as well had a marketing executive who obviously did a great job you know building the campaign for it as well
2: so i've just got a quick question how did you come up with it's brilliant the name covert media i love the name how did you come up with
1: it uh, I, Naming companies is really hard, <laughs> by the way, for anyone who hasn't had to go through that exercise. I mean, first and foremost, in the in the entertainment industry, there are a ton of companies. And so coming up with a name that's a little bit new and different is kind of a challenge. Um, for me, A, it's just sort of a cool and subversive exactly. couple of words. Mm, yeah. There's a somewhat hidden message within it for me and that I'm not exactly a big bombastic show, showman as there are in, uh, in our industry in terms of people who you know, lead their companies I tend to prefer to you know play a little bit more in the background and frankly put the films and the filmmakers uh, in the forefront and so we kind of like the notion of you know being a uh, a player in sort of the bigger independent films and supporting those, and, you know, we have... um you know, a substantial financial backer, so we have the ability to play at various levels within the industry, but at the same time, it's not always about us, it's about the films and our filmmakers. So we like the notion of, you know, maybe flying on the radar under the radar at times.
2: So I, I just I just I was so excited to have you on today. I can't tell you. I was a uh, Randall, I can't wait till he comes. I can't wait till he comes. And one of the reasons why I, I said this earlier on Facebook Live and, and on uh, one of our interviews we were talking about it in this business, especially as an indie producer, there's so many flaky people out there, right? And one of the things that I, I got by just your bio and who they described who you are and just what you were saying right now, do what you say, say what you do. And when you just described yourself, that's what I think about when, you, when we described you and what you were just saying. How do you speak to that? Because you, there's real players out there and then there's fluffy players out there.
1: Yeah, um, it's easier said than done for sure, um, <laughs> but it's, you know, I think the way you word it is, is perfectly appropriate. I think um, just doing what you say you're going to do um, is a pretty big fundamental tenet in how we as a company approach it, and I certainly do as an individual, um, sometimes to our detriment in the sense that we're often having conversations with people where we're, where we're honest to a fault and saying that's going to be really challenging to put together here's the way we would go about it uh, we're going to probably hit some road roadblocks along the way but we'll figure them out together or frankly being the deliverer of bad news very early which is that's you know I'm just to pick a random example you know we often have either filmmakers or producers or other creative elements who have kind of pie in the sky expectations. (laughs) Oh, no,
2: not us.
1: (laughs) Well, look, I mean, it's great. We want people to have vision and ambition, as do we, but it has to be tempered by the realities of the marketplace when you, you know, we are on this continuum of art and commerce and we're always somewhere in between. And there's always a little bit of dream killing for all of us where you you know, you know want to make something that's just amazing and creative and different, but at the same, at the same time, you have to have some sort of ingoing plan where you're going to have a chance at making money <laughs> uh, and, a, and a return on investment. And so, you know, someone comes in and wants to make, you know, a, a movie about X, Y, or Z with, you know, actor A, B, or C, and um, just knowing the combination of those elements, we can we can tell you, that, and they want to make it for $50 million. Yes. And we're like, there is absolutely Nothing no happened. scenario on this planet that that will ever happen. Um, and that's the extreme. But you know, they're having those marginal conversations, though, with, with our partners, they know us to be very straightforward and honest about, look, this is how we want to do it. And we always want to err on the side of under-promising and over-delivering um, within reason.
2: Good answer. <laughs> I, I just
1: wanna cover
0: because um, you didn't name some of the other films, but uh, I'll name them for you here, reading <laughs> off your bio. American Hustle, Fox Catcher, uh, Spike Jones
1: is her. Loved her. That was such a very innovative very innovative
0: screenplay.
1: Right, in those terms are of, yeah, yeah. Those are all pictures that Annapurna, pictures made Megan Ellison's Annapurna, company yeah. when I, yeah. I was the CEO there for about two and a half years. Yeah. 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 And so uh, some of those began their process before I even got there, but certainly <laughs> right. I was there for some portion of all and of those. And yeah. uh, David, David O. Russell's Joy, another so you wonderful know drama. Uh, is it
2: Longnecker? Long-necker. Oh my yeah. gosh, she's yeah. one of my favorite people. COVID, yeah. Oh my gosh, she's like a yeah. good, she's a goodie. I love yeah. that. She's a goodie, she yes. She is
0: awesome. Yeah. And then most recently, Sausage Party, which is still out in... Yep. In theaters. That, oh, yeah. That was... <laughs> that was, was, when that I Anna, first, was that when I first when was first it? That is Annapurna. Yeah. Yes,
1: that's when a I picture first that's, saw that
0: trailer. I said,
1: <clears> you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah, that was co-financed by Annapurna and Sony, yeah. um, who had worldwide distribution. Yeah, that's... Now, didn't
2: that do... Are they going into another one? Didn't it do really well too? It did very yeah, well. Yeah, I was going to say. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm
1: really <laughs> proud of those guys. I hope they're thrilled with the result. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a great example of... Independent filmmaking, in the sense that I don't think any studio, in and of themselves, would ever make that movie. But if you have an independent company, in that case, it was Annapurna, right. who helps get that over the hump in a way that helps the risk takers, you know, you know, solve it. <laughs> and I think, you know, it was made for a reasonable price in the context of high quality animation which was I think one of the biggest parts of the victory and had a combination of creative partners um, you know Conrad Vernon and Greg Tiernan the director and obviously Seth Rogen Evan Goldberg and the whole Point Grey team and the actors that they have deep relationships with who did the voices that combination combined with you know what is just both ridiculous and awesome concept um, that you know that embodies the kind of movie that I I really do like making. You know, it's something that's a little bit unexpected, that frankly takes an an outside partner to make happen in our world.
0: I think that's really bold of you, looking for projects that have something just a little bit enough different that you're not sure of the audience appeal yet, because the films tend to looking for breaking new ground in terms of what audiences would like. Mm-hmm. Would you feel that's kind of your your barometer is that how you look at something, or are you just you're not just looking at alternatives, but you're looking at you know finding some uh, indescribable quality about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I would hesitate to describe myself as a in it, me being the tastemaker or having some solve something about con- consumer or audience tastes more than others. But what I am a big believer is responding to or finding people who do have a vision or a take on something that I think is really special and different and has the opportunity to break out because I think one of the lessons I think in recent history and I'm sure you've probably heard some variant on this notion uh, as you've been doing your show is um, the kind of down the middle programmer or just good enough kind of movie or TV show is frankly not going to make it anymore there isn't Um, I think, an appetite for that. There has to be something that everything, you know, sets it apart from uh, the sort of the mass of of content out there to make it interesting and compelling and to break out, particularly in the world of social media, where if a movie isn't great, everyone knows about it by Friday afternoon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) On the weekend it opens, and that's why we're seeing... You know, frankly, a huge trend if you look at the last couple of years of movies with, frankly, really big stars, yep. with probably the support of big distributors who are spending money to try and open these films, but if it's just a B- to B-plus movie, which historically you could buy the opening if you spent enough money and you put the star on enough talk shows, that just doesn't work anymore. The movie actually has to be great and different and special.
0: And it has to find its audience right away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: What would you say to a filmmaker that may be saying, oh, my gosh, i got to get to covert media or I've got to get my film out there. Right. Um, what what do you what would you say to them? Do they need to come to you or come to anybody? Not just you, a fil- and, you know, a and distributors come with, and come you know, with. Yeah. A script, an idea, most people don't know how to market themselves, let alone market a movie, right? Mm-hmm. They, they might have a great idea, or they might have a great script, but they don't know how to deliver it to somebody like you that they can pitch the idea. What would you say to them?
1: Um, for my company and me specifically... You know, we are frankly inundated every week <laughs> with with stuff. And, really? Well, and a, I and, would
2: imagine so. And so, a
1: big part of what we do is we I call it managing the funnel. At the widest part of the funnel is the stuff that comes in with you know, some frankly, some reasonable qualification. We generally we don't do a lot of raw development. We usually start with at least a screenplay um, that's either a spec or a producer has created or or in turnaround from a studio or some other place. Um, and the more refined something is and the more packaged it is in terms of having elements already interested in working on it, the better. And then, you know, we read or someone on our team reads and if we're interested, we take some meetings and you're sort of working your down, da- you're working your way down in the funnel to a narrower place where at the bottom of that funnel, you get to the point where we are actually green lighting and financing the film. Woohoo. And the yield of, though, from a percentage basis is shocking. Um, you know, so you know I'm, exactly. It, Going yeah. down
2: that funnel is not always an easy f- process. Four or five
1: percent of what comes in uh, paid. Any attention to? I think to. that's generous. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and I don't think that's different from any other company that yes, kind of does yes, what we do. Yes. Um, and it's funny. This, I think, the notion of what you're getting to is, you know, giving guidance for people who are either breaking into the industry or don't have a lot of experience. We right. this came up uh, as a topic on a panel I spoke on. Uh, I spoke at it on a Sunday, and. A bunch of us kind of circuitously arrived at sort of the same piece of advice, which is at the end of the day, in order to kind of break through walls and get, you know, into those rooms to get your project some attention, you're probably going to need advisors and partners and help to raise awareness, but awareness from people who are better known, frankly, or, or sort of give it a little bit, you know... More clout. <laughs> yeah, more clout <laughs> well, more cr- credibility. Credibility, yeah. Um, and so if you're really at the nascent stages of your career, um, it's all about sort of relentless networking and starting small, you know, getting to know not the agents but probably the assistance of agents mm-hmm. and managers and lawyers and slowly building your pool of consigliaries uh, and, frankly, just more exp- experienced people in the industry, and that will beget more meetings and more relationships until, you know, you eventually can start breaking into more of those rooms. And I mean, to be just to speak perfectly honestly, as we look at what's submitted on a given you know week for us to read, a big part of what helps us prioritize is who is part of the process that brought this into us, because you can immediately know, oh, if someone came in and said, this is something they're really interested in, someone we know, we've either worked with them before, or we've read stuff that they've put together before, and we know, yet yeah, generally what they submit is a reasonably high quality or they know what we're interested in likely be a good fit, that immediately helps it rise to the top of the pile.
2: Yeah, I would imagine. Okay. so. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: one
1: last question. What, what
0: do you, looking toward the future, what are some of the th- changes that you'd like to see happen in the motion picture industry in general and what do you feel is covert media's, what can, can covert media contribute to
1: that? Well, the industry as a whole, I think, as we all know, there's a lot of structural changes that are still really getting worked out, particularly in terms of media windows and how consumers uh, access. Uh, and let's just assume we're talking about feature films for now because yeah. side of content, just, right. there's a whole nother yeah. level of complexity. Yeah, films. But I think what would be great for all of us is to kind of leap forward in time or see the acceleration to the point of where what was a very robust part of our business, which was hard goods, uh, home video, DVDs, Blu rays. And that was really, frankly, the safety net for a lot of what we all did mm-hmm. because you might not have the greatest theatrical performance, but you had this really robust rental and sell through market where people were either renting or buying a lot of DVDs and Blu rays that helped risk mitigate um, the project. As that has fallen, and we've had the sort of the VOD, electric, electronic sell-throughs, SVOD, like Netflix and Amazon. All these new players, we haven't had a replacement factor. The, the substitution effect hasn't really taken place, where the amount of money that has fallen out of the marketplace in terms of the size of the pie has not been replaced by these other windows. We'd love to get to a point very soon where we have a very predictable and understandable marketplace for (laughs) those media windows (laughs) that
2: that happen afterward
1: (laughs) because right Right now now. it's really hard. And until you get to a place where you you can accurately predict, here's what, like, as you model out and forecast, here's how much money we can potentially make on something that enables you to smartly understand here's what we can make our movies for and budget them right. um so until we get to that point it's a little bit more of a crapshoot and so it becomes a tougher job for us as film financiers and producers to understand that um but that you know frankly it's a good thing for us at covert and the independence because when you have that kind of tumult it usually benefits some of the risk takers or the people who can figure out how to do things in either a different or a less expensive way Okay. Paul, well, thanks for
0: being with us today. Really appreciate you. Uh, I know you're busy with a million projects here <laughs> Just at, a at few. AFM. Yeah. Thank you very much for stopping by with us My today pleasure. and talking about uh, what Covert Media is doing. Yeah, thanks and, How and, you do
2: it. And Paul, say goodbye to all the people on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Bye-bye>. <laughs> okay. We'll be right back with our broadcast from AFM with our next guest.